This episode of Nomad Athlete Radio was brought to you by Bioptimizers and their digestive enzyme Masszymes. Go to bioptimizers.com slash no meat. That's bioptimizers.com slash no meat and use coupon code no meat to save 48% off select packages. Hi, this is Hope. This is Kareem. Hi, this is Katie from Washington, D.C. and you're listening to No Meat Athlete Radio. All right, so today we have Dr. Will Bolschwitz, or Dr. B, who is the Gut Health MD on Instagram. And first of all, he is the author of the New York Times instant bestseller, Fiber Fueled. He is changing lives as we speak. He is an MD, he is a gastroenterologist, that's a hard word, gastroenterologist, and internationally recognized as a gut health expert. His passion for the microbiota science is contagious, and his skills for spreading his scientific message in a relatable and super entertaining way is what makes Dr. B really stand out. And he has 16 years of medical training under his belt and was the chief medical resident at Northwestern and chief gastroenterology fellow at UNC, receiving the highest award given by both his residency and fellowship. I first personally chatted with Dr. B for the Whistler Vegan Fest podcast right before his book dropped. And we got deep into his personal story and transformation over there. So you can check that out. We've got two parts because we talked forever and we loved it. And in this interview today, we go over a ton of information around gut health and the science behind it all. And it's all really easy to understand because of his life analogies that he uses, which I absolutely love. One thing we didn't have time for, though, was his Dr. B's F goals acronym that he uses to tell people what they should be eating for a really healthy gut. So I grabbed him after this interview and recorded a little something for my Hooked on Plants Instagram to go out today. And it's him explaining all of the foods that you should be eating while you're trying to heal your gut or just prevent any kind of disease because every disease and every health aspect of yourself begins in the gut. So go check that out on Hooked on Plants Instagram. But there is so much in here. He is an absolute wealth of knowledge. So enjoy the interview with Dr. B. And don't forget to check out his book on Amazon, read the reviews, and you'll be inspired just from that. And check him out on Instagram too. Okay. Welcome to the No Meat Athlete podcast, Dr. B. Are we live? Are we We, live right now? We are live. We are good to go. (laughs) It's good to see you. How are things? Good. How are you? Good. Can I ask you a question? And I want you to give it to me straight because I think you will. Yeah. So I'm ready. to get pumped up for this podcast, to get myself like in, you know, in the, in the mood. Yeah. I listen to the Hamilton soundtrack. Are you judging me right now? No, I love me? you even more. <laughs> <laughs> track That's- one, track three, track one is just like the traditional Alexander Hamilton. Yeah. And then track three is I'm not throwing away my shot. And it's like, I'm going on no meat athlete, no meat athlete, man. I'm not throwing <laughs> away this shot. Let's go. You are a no meat athlete. Oh, that's awesome. No, that's inspiring, isn't it? Just gets you fired up. I feel like music is a, music has a big part in your whole life and your whole career, I feel. Oh man, I wish I could have a soundtrack like in everything. But then I would be like, I wouldn't walk. I would just dance everywhere I go. There would be no walking involved. It would just be like moving from place to place, but dancing the whole time. What's wrong with that? You would make everyone laugh uh, the, and smile. No, I mean, if I, if I had my way, that would exist. But. I, I think you got to make it happen. I would dance <laughs> down the streets if I, if I could all day, every day. <laughs> yeah. 
Nice. It's like, who is that crazy person? No, she's just happy. It's all good. <laughs> she must be with that, that gut health guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they got something weird going on. <laughs> well, as I was prepping for this interview, I was like, you know what? I feel like you have so many nicknames. First of all, you're the poop whisperer, self-proclaimed. Yes. You yes. are Fiber's new publicist, which I feel like Rich Roll kind of gave you that title. Congrats on that interview, by the way. It's, uh, it seems like it's reaching far and wide. So, so awesome. And then the Plant Point Master, I kind of gave that one to you. Plant-based rock star, of course. Nice. And the Dr. B, the real Dr. G, <laughs> which is my favorite. <laughs> and I have to give Andrea props for that one. Because last time we were chatting, we were on Whistler Vegan Fest podcast and we chatted for two hours. So we made it into part one and part two. So for anyone listening mm -hmm. that wants even more of you when we're done, which I know they will, check that out. But Andrea gave you that one. And I think it's my favorite. <laughs> really? You like it more than Poop Whisperer? Well, it's pretty good too. The Poop Doctor. I like Plant-Based Rockstar, but that's like, that's me being selfish. I, I, that, that just, I've always wished that I could be a rock star. That's why in my book, I, I talk about like, you know, you could be a plant-based rock star if you get enough plant points. I was like, this is my way of like making my own dreams come true, even if it's not actually happening. <laughs> you are the Mick Jagger of the vegan world. <laughs> I wish that guy, his hips don't lie. They are incredible. <laughs> I don't know lie. how he does that. Like, how, how can you move like a snake and you're like 95 years old? It's incredible. Skills. Yeah. Yeah. The energy. <laughs> you still got it. You still got it. Am I missing any nicknames? Oh, well, I mean, there's so much, <laughs> how far back are we going to go? Oh, um, okay. Related to fiber know. fueled. How about? <laughs> oh, okay. No, I think you, I think you, I think you got fiber fueled covered. I mean, you know, you got, you got fiber fueled covered. So I'm very proud of actually, um, New York times bestselling author. That's the yeah. instant. So yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. I, I absolutely love your book. Um, I've got it in three different versions now, <laughs> audible and the PDF that you sent me and the actual hard copy. So, um, yeah, it's amazing. You are changing so many people's lives and transforming their health. Thousands of reviews on Amazon. Um, so ev everyone listening, definitely check out fiber fuel on Amazon and get it in your mail right away because it really is so refreshingly straightforward with real life analogies and relatable stories because it's, it's you shining through, right? Like you're so relatable and fun and it brings people back to the basics of nutrition. Like it really is helping so many people transform their health and, and heal their guts. So congratulations on the success of it. The last time we spoke, it was right before your book dropped. And mm -hmm. I feel like it's a whole other life that you're leading now. So how are you yeah. doing with this fiber fueled madness? I'm like the guy, I'm like the guy who had this experiment and all of a sudden the experiment like blew up and they have like crazy hair and like soot all over their face. And I'm like, what the heck just happened? Yeah. Um, it's kind of insane. Uh, you know, I, I mean, look, I could not be more proud of that book. I put my heart and soul into that book. Um, mm -hmm. And it was a pure passion project. And I didn't know if there would be any response at all. And when the pandemic hit, I kind of had a couple of weeks. And I may have told you this when we talked before. I had a couple of weeks in like late March, early April, where I was kind of moping around. Like I was like a broken man. You know, <laughs> I was like a broken man. I was just like, you know, and like wearing sweatpants everywhere. And my wife would be like, let's go do something. And I'm just like laying on the couch making moaning noises, you know, 
Because you were and, launching um, a book during a pandemic, you mean? <laughs> well, because basically what happened is all my plans got pulled. Yeah. So like I was supposed to fly out to LA to be on Rich Roll's podcast. And I'm supposed mm-hmm. to do all these different things and everything all of a sudden it's just like boom, squash, like all this work that you've done, squash, it's gone. Yeah, yeah. And um, so, but then I just got kind of pissed, you know? Mm-hmm. Passionate. I just got kind of pissed. <laughs> yeah, well, because um, I was like, I've worked for two years on this book. Yeah. And I'm not going to let this friggin' pandemic just like completely destroy my book launch. That's right. And so I kind of busted my tail trying to do, you know, as much as I could to get the word out. And I mean, it just feels really good. Like the most important thing truly is when you get these messages from people who read the book. I was literally, I'm not exaggerating, Julia. I was reading a message this morning from someone who's like, basically I have been suffering with arthritis for years mm-hmm. to the point that like, it has affected my mobility and I've tried different diets. None of them have worked. Yeah. And now I'm following your plan. And like, I literally woke up this morning with zero pain. Wow. And I'm just like, okay, I <laughs> didn't expect that to happen. I would not have told you that it would happen, Yeah. but it did. And so it's really cool. Yeah. Oh, it's so awesome. Yeah. Like I say, you're transforming people's lives. It's, it's really incredible to, watch all of the reviews like on your Instagram, you post them a lot and testimonials and it's, it's truth. You know, it's people are actually getting in tune with their own health finally. And you make it really yeah, basic. And, you know, the and gut microbiome, mm-hmm. the gut microbiome where, I mean, we're going to talk about it and yeah. you know, it, it, it is complicated. There's a lot to it, but at the same time, the solutions are actually quite simple and yeah. it's just kind of a return to basics. That's what I was just going to ask you. I was going to just say, let's go over gut health one-on-one, one basics. Because uh, I'm sure a lot of these listeners are, you know, everyone in No Meat Athlete is very educated, but, and they've heard about the microbiome, but let's just go right back to the beginning anyways and say, you know, what, what is the microbiome? And the, you always say the number one precursor of a healthy gut microbiome is the diversity of plants you eat. That is a Dr. B quote, just far reaching. And can you expand on that and also explain what dysbiosis means too? Sure. So let's just, let's just kind of like do a cannonball into the pool here and talk about these gut microbes. All right. Which um, are that we, as humans, we think of ourselves as like the dominant players, like we control our environment. And yet the more that you learn, the more that you will realize we are completely intertwined with our world and our gut microbes are what is connecting us. Mm -hmm. So we are covered from the top of our head all the way to the tip of our toes with gut microbes there or, or with microbes and they are invisible. You can't see them, but they are concentrated mostly inside your intestines, specifically inside your colon. Mm-hmm. And um, they're not just like hanging on for the ride. Um, they're not just casually there. They're actually dynamic players in human health. Uh, they are connected to your nutrition. So, you know, the food that you eat, like if you want to, to get the nutrients out of it, if you want to process and digest it properly, we need these microbes connected to our immune system, to our metabolism, to our hormones, to our mood, the way our brain works. They're so intertwined with human health that I, it's like very weird for me to say this, but I, I legitimately believe this to be the truth. <clears throat> the most important thing for human health isn't even human. <laughs> it's not a part of us. It's these microbes that you know, again, like they're single cellular, we can't see them with our naked eye, but there's 39 trillion of them. 
Wow. And they're they're like dynamically affecting your immune system, your metabolism, your mood, your brain, your hormones, your nutrition. That's power. Yeah. And so we want to we want to support them. We want them to be successful and they are living creatures. They are as alive as you and I are, Julia, as alive as the listeners at home. Mm-hmm. And they need to be fed. They need to they're be hungry. <laughs> Yeah, and the way that they that we feed them is with what we eat. So whatever we put in our mouth and swallow, we are going to send down the tube, and it will come into contact with these microbes. And certain microbes will eat, and certain ones will not, because if you didn't give them the right food, they're not going to be fed. And you know they are picky eaters, just like us. Yeah. So um, so what their preferred food is is fiber. Mm-hmm. And this is the sort of backbone of my argument in my book, which is that fiber is the preferred food of our gut microbes. And we live in a society where we're just not doing it. We're just not eating any fiber. And we eat the same like iceberg lettuce with like one tomato that we slice four ways <laughs> and we call it a salad. And then we dump blue cheese and throw croutons on top. Right. Yeah. And, um, So we're just not giving these microbes what they need. And the key, going back to your statement, Julia, is the diversity. Mm -hmm. And the reason why diversity is so critically important is that diversity within the microbiome is a measure of health. This is an ecosystem, just like the Amazon rainforest, just like the Great Barrier Reef. And if you look at any ecosystem, any biologist will tell you, the key to the ecosystem is biodiversity. You want all the different players to be there. And so like, for example, just real quick, I, I don't like snakes. Me neither. I don't like mosquitoes. (laughs) They annoy me. But if you went to the Amazon rainforest and you take all the snakes and the mosquitoes out of the rainforest, you would create a hole in the system that the other animals are not designed to fill. Mm-hmm. And that would create problems and lead to instability and other animals would die as a result of that. Yeah. So the same is true in our gut. We want as much biodiversity as possible. And each one of these microbes is a picky eater. It has its own preferred food, its own preferred type of fiber. Mm-hmm. And the way that we get as much diversity within our microbiome is to eat as much diversity of plants within our diet. And when we do that, we are supporting a biodiverse gut microbiome and it becomes this hardy, strong, resilient ecosystem that is perfectly designed to take on whatever our body needs us to do and is going to support human health throughout the entirety of the body that includes the immune system and metabolism and hormones and mood and brain and all those other things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you say it's like a command center and it really does sound like a fun game, doesn't it? It kind of is because, well, the beauty of it is that it's adaptable. Mm -hmm. You are not, you know, you are not cursed with some gut microbiome that you're stuck with for the rest of your life. Like you have the ability to mold it and shape it and turn it into the gut microbiome of your dreams, baby. It can be (laughs) like so sweet and wonderful and you just have to put in the effort and time that's necessary to get it there. Mm-hmm. And that right there is so empowering for people. 
you know, to know that you can change your gut microbiome and you will be able to digest certain things eventually. I think that is the most empowering part of all of this. And um, I just find it so fascinating that the gut microbiome and the trillions of microbes that you feed and then they poop out stuff to either, you know, <laughs> either help you or hinder you. It's literally what they're doing, right? You are right. what your gut microbes poop out. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and this is, this, is, this is the key is that if you took, uh, and I think we'll talk about this more and more as we go through, but mm -hmm. if, if you took fiber, but you were sterile, it just wouldn't do that much because the fiber right. would just pass through. Yeah. If you have gut microbes, but you don't give them fiber, I mean, honestly, you're not really getting the benefits from these microbes that you could be getting. And guess what? That is the way that we live in North America right now. Mm -hmm. The average mm -hmm. person has gut microbes, but they're just not feeding them. So you basically have these, you know, starving microbes and they're, they're, they're not empowered and they're not helping you. Yeah. And, but if you take fiber and you feed these gut microbes, then they will take that fiber and they will transform it in this beautiful, powerful way. It's like magic. It's like Harry Potter. Yeah. It's like, I don't <laughs> know. It, it's a beautiful thing. And um, I was going to go probably end up going someplace that I didn't want to go. So I was like, stop, 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 abort. So, Your imagination anyway, just but, runs wild. <laughs> yeah. I was like, okay, do I go there? Do I go there? Do I, no, 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 abort. Um, <laughs> So, but anyway, uh, it's a good thing. It's a good thing. You can insert whatever it is you want to view as a beautiful and good thing. And yeah. um, it's like magical. And then and what they do is they produce these short chain fatty acids and the short chain fatty acids are what truly are making the difference are what truly are healing. It's not the fiber itself. It's yeah. the short chain fatty acids that come from the fiber when your gut microbes consume it. And that's the beautiful thing. And the flip side is true too. It's as you said, Julia. The flip side is also true, which is that when you eat unhealthy food, you will feed the unhealthy microbes and they will take that food and they will turn it into stuff that can hurt you. That's the bottom line. They can turn it into things like TMAO mm -hmm. or into um, amines or sulfides, or there's all these different examples of things that either cause cancer or are inflammatory associated with Crohn's disease or also colitis or all these different you know, conditions and diseases that you just don't want. And unfortunately mm -hmm. they come. They, those things can come when we feed unhealthy microbes. So, yeah. you know, you have a choice. You can feed the good guys and they can empower you and strengthen you and fortify you. Mm -hmm. Or we can feed the bad guys and they can, you know, basically work, uh, work overtime trying to take you down and eventually succeed if you give them enough time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll get into TMAO and, and what causes dysbiosis and um, creates more growth of those bad guys versus good guys soon. But before that, I, I think maybe we could do a fun little fire round, talk okay. about the gut connection. And uh, so I'll say the gut and immunity connection, you can just fire out kind of a basic understanding of what that is. And we'll go through just a few of those. How does that sound? Sounds great. Let's rock. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I know you like games, so I feel like this is a bit of a game. <laughs> you want to play the game. The game, the connection game. Um, okay. So let's start with gut and immunity connection and the importance of a healthy gut when it comes to viruses like we are all experiencing right now, COVID. The gut and the, gut and the immune system are inseparable. 
70% of your immune system is right there. Um, a, literally just a single layer of cells separates 70% of your immune system yep. from 39 trillion gut microbes. So they are completely intertwined. They talk to one another constantly. And if you want a healthy immune system, you need a healthy gut. And we have studies that have demonstrated that, you know, for example, we have studies with specifically COVID-19 suggesting that there is alteration or damage to the gut microbiome in people that get severe COVID-19. Mm -hmm. And we also have studies with respiratory viruses that, uh, which are, you know, um, similar to the way that COVID-19 uh, behaves. We have studies with, with respiratory viruses where when you feed the gut microbes with fiber, they actually will enhance the way that your immune system functions and help you to optimally clear that virus. Not too much. Too much is how people end up uh, basically having what's called ARDS, mm -hmm. which is acute respiratory distress syndrome. That's what's getting people into trouble with this virus where they end up in the ICU on a breathing tube. You don't want that. That's too much immune system. But you don't want too little either because when it's too little, then the virus is not being cleared up. So mm -hmm. we need it just right. And that's, that's the way that it works is these gut microbes help. They're basically support for your immune system so that it can work just right. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. In the book you explain before we get into the next connection there uh, in the book, you explain it as a bit of a house party and there's a fence that the microbes, you know, it's all in, within the intestinal wall. Is that right? Maybe you can expand on yeah. that because I, I, you can yeah, explain it more than I can. <laughs> It's a, it's a house party in the pre-COVID times where, yeah. you know, there were no restrictions and you could just have a great time. And, you know, basically what it is, is they're so close that although they are technically separated by this barrier, which is called the epithelial layer. And again, this epithelial layer, it's just a single layer of cells so thin that you can't see it with the naked eye. Yeah. Um, but um, even though they're technically separated from one another, it's the energies are being shared with one another. And so when you, when you have a healthy gut, that is the best way to have a healthy immune system. And when your gut is unhealthy, unfortunately, that's when we find that the immune system is unhealthy as well. And, mm -hmm. you know, one of the things that I did in research in my book, Julia, is I looked at all these different autoimmune diseases. And so I'm talking about like lupus and rheumatoid arthritis and multiple sclerosis, Crohn's ulcerative colitis, whatnot. And, um, I, I asked the question, have they looked at the gut microbiome in the setting of these people who have these autoimmune diseases? And I found you can see in chapter one of my book, there's a table with like literally, you know, 30 different diseases. Every single time they studied the gut microbiome in the setting of autoimmune disease the finding was damage to the gut microbiome. Yeah. It's to the point, Julia, that I'm convinced that it is required. I'm convinced that it is required to damage the gut microbiome in order to develop an autoimmune disease. Mm -hmm. And so that's how powerful this connection is. If you protect the gut, you are protecting the immune system. Yeah, amazing. Um, okay, on to the next one. Or else I could, I'm not very good at this fire round, am I? Uh, neither <laughs> I am I. I can go deeper. <laughs> uh, this is great, though. Uh, okay, the gut and mood, depression, and anxiety connection. Yeah, so um, 
are, I alluded to this before, that our gut is connected to our brain and it's called the brain-gut connection. Um, they are constantly talking to each other. They're talking to each other literally right this moment. And part of the ways that they communicate are through nerves. So there's this one big nerve called the vagus nerve where there's information being shared both ways. Um, but also the gut can produce transmitters, um, neurotransmitters, to be honest with you. So for example, 90% of serotonin, mm -hmm. which is the happy hormone, can, it really contributes to our mood, to our energy levels, to our focus. If you give someone a drug for depression, you are affecting serotonin levels. And 90% of serotonin is produced in the gut. Amazing. And it comes as no surprise that they have discovered that people who suffer with anxiety, depression, or other mood disturbances have alteration or damage to their gut microbiome. Yeah. And the follow-up is that we have studies that show us that, like, for example, there's a randomized controlled study where they looked at implementing a plant-based diet. And they found in this randomized controlled study, like very well controlled, not, not a population study or epidemiology study. This was very controlled that when they gave people a plant-based diet, there was improvement of their depression scores. And so that would suggest that because you're eating plants, it's affecting your gut microbiome. Anytime you eat plants, you are affecting your gut microbiome. And when you do that, you have the ability to actually alter your mood and improve it. Very cool. Love it. Okay. Now gut and digestion and bloating. Big one. Yeah. So um, we rely on our gut microbes to help us to process and digest our food, specifically talking about fiber and complex carbohydrates, which are mm -hmm. things that you find in plant foods. And the idea of like why this happened has to do with human evolution. So, or perhaps we should call it co-evolution because we didn't evolve by ourselves. We evolved in concert, in relationship with these gut microbes. We did it together. And, you know, if you think about humans, we started in Africa and we radiated, we radiated out across this planet. Mm -hmm. And as we moved, we have found ourselves in all these different ecosystems. Like, you know, you could be in a rainforest or in a desert or in the Arctic, all these different places that have different foliage. Mm -hmm. And there are literally 300,000 edible plants out there right now. So many, most options. of us are having like, you know, and the average American is having like 15 of them, but there's yeah. literally 300,000 edible plants out there in our world right now. Cool. And so at, we as humans, as we radiated out across the globe, we needed the ability to adapt to our environment, mm -hmm. but we are not adaptable. We're not, we're not very adaptable at all, but our gut microbes are incredibly adaptable. Yeah. So like literally in 24 hours, you will spawn 50 new generations of gut microbes. All right. In one day, 50 generations, I mean, 50 Insane. generations of humans would take us back right now, all the way to the pyramids. <laughs> and that's happening on a daily basis. So they're evolving. Like you and I are sitting here hanging out and talking mm -hmm. and we've already spawned a new generation of microbes in the time that you and I have been hanging out. They're busy. They're busy. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're like busy. gerbils. Yeah. So, <laughs> A lot going on in there. 
They're like gerbils on steroids and, and uh, Viagra or something. So <laughs> yeah. anyway, but they're, 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 they're constantly changing. Mm-hmm. That's the key. They're constantly changing. This is part of what we're able to tap into when we want to enhance and optimize our gut, mm-hmm. when we want to adapt our gut, yeah. is that they constantly change. And so, but the point is they have the ability to adapt to whatever food we throw in. And so we learned to rely on them for digestion. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to processing fiber and complex carbohydrates, we personally don't have the enzymes to do it. Our gut microbes do. And we need them to be able to do it for us. And if they struggle, if they don't do it properly, then that's when bloating, gas, discomfort, distress, those symptoms that people you know, feel like they have food sensitivity, and some people even refer to it as inflammation. Mm-hmm. That's what you experience. Well, it's not inflammation. There's not any evidence to suggest that it is inflammation. It's instead, what it is, is it's sloppy digestion because your gut microbes were not prepared for what you just sent down there. Mm-hmm. So, and this is the reason why we really, we rely on them, but at the same time, we need to respect their space. Um, and what that means is that we need to properly feed them so that they can stay strong and be capable of supporting us with whatever we want to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that also plays into cravings, correct? And they are actually telling us what we should be craving. You know, it's, it's, and that brings me to the next connection, which is the gut and brain connection. Um, so maybe you can get into that now. Yeah. So um, they do, they, they have a say in what we prefer. Um, and what they're trying to do is they're trying to enhance their own personal survival. So, you know, I'm here talking about these microbes that love fiber, but guess what? There's microbes that love sugar. There's microbes that love fat and they will, you know, try to work on you to get you to eat those things. And if you're used to eating those things, then you're more likely to crave those things. But the good news, what's kind of cool is that our taste buds can change. Mm -hmm. And that's because our microbiome can change. And so for me personally, when I changed my diet, like I used to crave eating like ribeye steaks. Now I look at a ribeye steak and I'm like, that's disgusting. Like I really have no interest, no interest at all. I have no taste for it. Mm-hmm. And on the flip side, I would have, if you asked me 10 years ago, can you imagine yourself like craving a salad? I'd be like, what are you talking about? <laughs> what is that? Um, yeah. Yeah. But now it's like, that's what I want. Like if I'm going to mm-hmm. treat myself, I want the salad. And so, um, so it's fascinating to consider the power that they have over our food choices. We talked about mood already, mm-hmm. um, but even our memory, our brain function, the development of other neurologic conditions like Alzheimer's and Parkinson's, those things have all been connected back to our gut microbes. And so the point is that once again, what we're proving is when you want optimal bodily function, you know, the brain seems so far removed from the gut, but if you want optimal brain health, you start down there, you start with the gut. Yeah. It's so fascinating. And I love that, you know, it is your second brain. That's what people say all the time. I feel it in my gut and you literally do. You can actually feel different things and it all comes from the gut because it is your second brain. 
Um, yeah, and that, and that goes both ways. So you can have gut feelings and they can be a positive thing, but you can also express your stress in your gut too. It's a very common place yeah. for people when they, when they get emotional or when they get stressed that they start to have their digestive system get upset. And there's actually an explanation for why that happens. Mm-hmm. So our brain releases this hormone called CRH, corticotropin releasing hormone. And CRH, it comes from the brain travels through the blood, gets to the gut, and actually induces dysbiosis. And so it damages the gut microbiome. So then you damage the gut microbiome. And as a result, you become less capable of producing all these different you know, neurotransmitters and short-chain fatty acids and the things that you need to protect your mood. And so when you damage the gut, you end up affecting your mood and creating more stress, creating more anxiety, which leads to more CRH release. Yeah. And it gets into this vicious cycle. Right. And so you got to break out of the cycle. And and one of the ways that you can break free from that cycle or create a cycle that's to your benefit is to actually feed the gut and reverse the dysbiosis. Yeah. The power is in the plants and the fiber, of course. And, and we can go even deeper and talk about genetics, the gut and gene expression. Um, yeah. So that's so wild, this whole concept. The, um, so when it comes to genetics, okay, it's weird even for me to acknowledge this and I'm a doctor and this is what I do, but it's very strange to consider that like, if you look at the entirety of our genetic code, less than 1% of our genetic code is actually human. More than 99% of our genetic code comes from these microbes. So bizarre. And beyond that, they have the ability to control our genetic code. So our code is not just like this. Like we, we honestly thought Julia, when we, when the, um, when we first cracked the human genetic code in the year 2000, we honestly thought that we would like have the roadmap for human health, that we would understand all of it, that we would be able to predict who would have cancer, who would have heart disease, it would explain it all. And it hasn't worked. It hasn't worked. And the reason why is because your genetic code is not a blueprint. Your genetic code is instead something that is malleable. It can be altered. It's like switches. So it's like the wiring, you know, the, the electrical wiring in a house where you can flip the switch and you can turn on a light or you can flip the switch and turn it off. And guess who's doing the flipping? your gut microbes, they have control over your genetic code. So it's um, quite insane to consider the power that exists there. Yeah. And again, empowering, right? Because you could be, you know, everyone just kind of says, oh, it's in my genes, heart disease, diabetes, whatever it may be. But really, yeah, it could be in your genes, but you have the power to switch that with lifestyle changes and changing your microbiome. Yeah, 99% of your genetic pool can be changed. You mm-hmm. can trade it out and make it better. Yeah. And so why not, why not have sort of the, um, you know, in the same way that we think of leveling up in terms of our nutrition, in the same way that we think about leveling up in terms of our exercise, you know, why not think about leveling up in terms of your genetic code? Yes. And yeah. make yourself stronger. Okay. So, cool. and then the way, and the way that you do that is with your gut microbes. Yeah. 
This episode of Nomad Athlete Radio is brought to you by Bioptimizers. Enzymes are the workhorse of digestion. They break your food down into usable macro and micronutrients. Nearly everyone lacks digestive enzymes, and that's why we suffer from digestive issues like bloating, indigestion, and gas. You're not what you eat, you're what you digest. We lose enzymes as we age, so if you don't have enough enzymes, you might only be absorbing 40% of the food that you're eating. What a waste! There are two big problems here with the enzyme world. The first is that most digestive enzymes are cheap and ineffective, and the second is that most do not have enough protease for digesting healthy, high-protein diets. That's why I am so excited to tell you about the new enzyme product called Masszymes. Masszymes is the most complex, most potent digestive enzyme I have ever seen or experienced with over 102% more protease than, I think that I'm pronouncing that right, <laughs> than your nearest competitor, and 300 to 500 more per serving than most popular brands. That's critical because protein is the most complex macronutrient to break down, Nomad Athlete was able to arrange the lowest pricing just for our audience, and I guarantee it's the best deal available for this product. With volume discounts combined with your our custom 10% off coupon code, NOMEAT, you can save up to 48% off select packs, packages of Masszymes. That's an amazing value. And the deal is only available at bioptimizers.com slash NOMEAT. You won't find that on Amazon or anywhere else. The best part is that if you don't feel how Masszymes transforms your digestion, you can get a no-questions-asked money-back return for your order. For the fastest shipping, go to buyoptimizers.com slash nomeat. That's buyoptimizers.com slash nomeat. And use coupon code nomeat to save up to 48% off select packages. Okay, now how about the gut and weight maintenance and hormonal balance as well, because they're kind of connected. Um, sure. So, um, you know, we think of things as being very much calories in versus calories out. And if you could just get, you know, if you could just control your calories, then you would have no problem losing weight. Gosh, if only it was that simple, you know, and yeah. it, obviously it's not because if it were that simple, we wouldn't have a scenario where 75% of Americans are overweight, which is where we are right now. And so the reality is that we've discovered that your gut microbes are a critical player in this conversation. That the food that you eat is not just simply calories in, that it's the food that you eat coming into contact with your specific gut microbiome and how that's going to affect the food that you eat. So they've done these studies where they take um, humans, okay, who are, one will be obese and one will be skinny. And they actually do a poop transplant into mice. Yeah. And so these mice, one will receive the microbiome of a human who's obese and one will receive the microbiome of a human that is skinny. Uh, again, like human microbiome going into a mouse. And then they feed these two mice literally the exact same number of calories. And what ends up happening is that the mouse that received the obese microbiome becomes obese. And the one that received the skinny microbiome becomes skinny, even though they're literally eating the same number of calories. Yeah. So it's not just calories in and calories out. Your gut, it's like, I think of it like swimming in the ocean. Mm-hmm. When you swim and the current is behind you and pushing you, 
Like I'm not that strong of a swimmer, but I can look like Michael Phelps out there. <laughs> I can look like a human torpedo, just like careening through the ocean. Yeah. But when the ocean is pushing against me and the current is strong, even if I am a strong swimmer, I can get nowhere. I can hack away at that ocean mm-hmm. and do my best and still be stuck. Yeah. And that's what you see happening when you find people who can eat whatever they want and get away with it and still be skinny. Lucky them. Mm -hmm. Or on the flip side, the person who literally does everything right, follows all the rules and can't lose the weight, even though they're doing everything they've been told to do. Mm -hmm. And so this is the role that the gut microbiome plays. And, you know, just real quick on, on the topic of um, hormones in similar fashion, the gut microbes are deeply intertwined with our hormones and, you know, estrogen levels are affected by gut microbes. Um, androgen levels, which are male sex hormones, are affected by gut microbes. And this is why in women, you will find that damage to the gut microbiome has been associated with endometriosis, polycystic ovary syndrome, endometrial hyperplasia, multiple different types of cancer that are estrogen sensitive. So like, for example, endometrial cancer, ovarian cancer, breast cancer. And in guys, so if you have, you know, like for the guys who are listening or for the women who have a guy in their life and you want to get a guy's attention, this is the most important thing I'm about to say literally right now. Listen up. Your gut microbes affect male sex hormones. And there's no surprise then that your gut microbes and damage to your gut has been associated with the development of erectile dysfunction. Um. Yeah. You can tell a guy that he's going to get heart disease, that he's going to get cancer, that he's going to get, you know, diabetes. He's not going to change anything. (laughs) But if you tell him the solution to erectile dysfunction, all of a sudden he's super motivated and he'll do whatever you tell him to do. Ears perk up. What? Yeah. So, (laughs) Yeah. That's uh, one of the reasons why that game changers scene was so popular, right? It's like, oh, okay. I'm going (laughs) plant-based. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But blood flow right there is uh, important too, right? And uh, blood flow flow is important and that's affected by that's infected affected by again going back to these metabolites, these things that our gut microbes produce. Blood flow is is affected by the metabolites of these gut microbes and at the same time also testosterone levels Mm -hmm. are being affected. There's this one bacteria called Clostridium syndens that's been shown to be specifically associated with male sex hormones. How many of these microbes do you know the names of? Uh, not, you know what, it, it would be really fun. Like, so there are, Cause they're, they're wild like, names. They sound like magic tricks. <laughs> yeah. There there's, I mean, there's literally, they, they believe that there's up to potentially 36,000 different types of microbes that we mm-hmm. can each have. And there's, um, certain microbes that are sort of like, we all share mm-hmm. and we call those the keystone species, species, which are like, basically they're the foundation. Yep. But then there's the parts that make us all unique. And um, so there's still a lot that we're learning. I mean, we're just starting to crack the surface of understanding what each one of these microbes does and how we can affect them. That's so cool. Yeah, yeah it's a whole other world down there. Um, okay, well, that was a good fire round. <laughs> long long form fire. fire round. Yeah. Truly fire. <laughs> it was fire. Fiber is fire, right? Fiber is fire. <laughs> it's the secret code. It's the secret code. Um, so... Let's take it back to where dysbiosis within the gut actually starts. And it starts from before we're even born. 
So can you maybe go through a lifetime of a typical person and the main culprits that we should all be avoiding that could lead to dysbiosis within the gut, you know, from the very beginning of our lives and also what animal products do for the microbiota within you? Okay. Yeah. So, um, all right. The reason why we say that, that dysbiosis starts before you're even born is that I am of the belief that it's not just what mom eats during pregnancy, mm-hmm. but that it's even what mom eats before pregnancy that matters because ultimately no pressure. Microbiome, <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and let me, and let me fully unpack because there is, there are some things to say about all this that I think are important for everyone to understand. Cause sometimes people do get a little bit upset when I talk about this stuff. Um, just because they're like, oh my gosh, what does that mean for my kid? And we all get very sensitive if it means that, you know, we have in some way affected our kid. Mm-hmm. But um, to fully unpack this, you know, basically what happens is when a child is born, the child passes through the birth canal in mom's vagina. And what's fascinating to consider is that the vagina has its own microbiome, mm-hmm. which is separate from the gut microbiome. But late in pregnancy, late in pregnancy in the third trimester, the vaginal microbiome actually starts to change and resemble mom's gut microbiome, which is so weird to think about. So that's the only time in life that this happens. The only time in life that the, that the vaginal microbiome stops being a vaginal microbiome and starts resembling the gut microbiome yeah. is at this time late in the third trimester of pregnancy. And that's because the child passes through the birth control birth canal. Yeah. And it is the first like exposure of this child to these microbes. And so it's like mom's gift to this child. And of course, if we don't pass through the birth canal, then the opportunity for that exposure is, you know, potentially lost. Um, But I want people to understand that like, you know, both of my kids were born by C-section and they're totally healthy. You can have healthy children born by C-section. So you shouldn't feel guilty if that's the case. It's more so to say that we should control what we can control and C-section should be done when necessary, but not when it's unnecessary. Mm-hmm. So, um, and so the child passes through and then comes into the world and the food that we feed the child is milk. And what's really interesting to consider is that mom's breast milk evolved with these things um, that are not even like they're not even nutritious to the child. Okay. So you basically mom's breast milk has these things that are there specifically to feed the gut microbes. Yeah. And how that happened, how we evolved to have breast milk to feed the gut microbes is just absolutely, I find that to be fascinating. So crazy. So, Breast milk feeds the gut microbes because it contains prebiotics. Human milk oligosaccharides are these things in the breast milk that feed. And there's over 200 varieties that we've identified so far of human milk oligosaccharides feeding the gut microbes. And um, so, and then the child ultimately introduces food typically around five or six months. And the solid food starts to lay the foundation for the growth and expansion of the gut microbiome within this child. And the, the, these new food choices and the child's um, exposure to the world, you know, putting everything into their mouth and all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. basically their gut microbiome grows and grows and grows until by the time they're two to three years of age, 
they have a fully formed adult sized gut microbiome. Crazy. So, Just but, two, two to three years old, and that's it. Yeah. My son is three and he's got as big of a microbiome as I do. Yeah. So, and um, if we disrupt that process, whether it be by C section or bottle feeding instead of breastfeeding or antibiotics, then what we end up finding is in all three of those cases, C-section, bottle feeding, or antibiotics, we find that there's an increased risk of metabolic issues. That includes childhood obesity, that includes the development of type two diabetes. And we also find that there's increased risk of immune issues, immune confusion. So there's increased risk of things like asthma, seasonal allergies, eczema, Mm -hmm. um, and also autoimmune disease further down the line, including type one diabetes. So again, if your child is born by C-section, it doesn't mean that you have an unhealthy child. It doesn't mean that they're going to develop these conditions. It just means that the likelihood or the risk is slightly higher, but you can raise your child. They can be perfectly healthy, whether they're born by C-section, whether they are bottle fed, whatnot. Um, Mm -hmm. And it really starts with making sure that they're getting the right food from that early age of six months as they grow. So, and then, you know, they basically come up and, you know, moving through the rest of life, you think about this transition through the rest of life and what are the things in our life that can affect the health of our gut microbiome? Well, there's so many aspects, it's hard to cover all of them, but let's think about the food that we eat. You know, 70% of the American diet is processed food. Yeah. Okay. So that's got chemicals. It's got no fiber and it's got chemicals that we like just introduced fairly recently into the human diet. (laughs) We have an excessive amount of animal consumption. So the average person in the United States eats more than their body weight in meat on a yearly basis. And um, we have gained on average in the U S think about this. This is terrifying. On average, people have gained 30 pounds in the last 40 years in the U S wow. And yet we, it's not a very long time too. It's not a very long time. And that's a lot of weight. Yeah. And, um, we continue to, you know, we were eating more than our body weight in meat 40 years ago. And we are eating more than our body weight in meat today, even though we're gaining more weight. Mm -hmm. So we have not disrupted this, um, what I would describe as bad habit that we have as a culture. Mm -hmm. And, um, And then what's left over, you know, in terms of our diet is fiber from plants, fruits, vegetables, whole grains, seeds, nuts, and legumes. Mm -hmm. But that only makes up about 10% of the average American diet. I can't imagine it's radically different in Canada, to be honest with you, or Australia or the UK. Um, We all are culturally quite similar. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so if you think of the gut and there's this scale of balance, what we have is that on the side that feeds the good guys, there's only 10%. And on the side that feeds the inflammatory bad guys, we have 90%. The weight is all on one side. We need to flip that balance. And if we flip that balance, you know, look, I personally am thriving on a vegan diet. You are thriving on a vegan diet. But for the people who are listening here to the No Meat Athlete, it's not that there's only one way, like that you have to be vegan. The strongest argument to be vegan is the environment, which we see what's going on out there right now. Mm-hmm. And it is the welfare of these animals, which I think we all have compassion in our heart for these animals. Yeah. That's the strongest argument in terms of veganism. Yeah. 
But if you want to talk about the health of your gut microbiome, you're never going to have a healthy microbiome when only 10% is on the side that's good and 90% is on the side that's bad. Mm -hmm. This is why we need to flip. And what we see in the blue zones is that 90% is on the side that's good. 90% is feeding the microbes, fruits, vegetables, whole grain seeds, nuts, and legumes. And in the blue zones, most of them are not vegan, but their consumption of animal products is nowhere near their body weight. Mm-hmm. And they're not yeah, eating processed foods. It's 5% foods. or something. Yeah. 90, 95% plant-based usually. Exactly. Blue zones, yeah. yeah. Exactly. And then and this is, this is a healthy diet. And mm-hmm. so there's different ways to approach diet and be healthy. Mm-hmm. But the microbiome is teaching us that you need to put the weight on the side of the plants. And that's a very clear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, anyway, so that's our diet. And then if you want to just kind of zoom out for a moment and talk about what else, think about mm-hmm. medications that have been introduced like antibiotics mm-hmm. and non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs and birth control and steroids. Mm-hmm. Um, think about um, our lifestyle, you know, where like right now you and I are on these screens talking to each other. These screens didn't exist 40 years ago. Yeah. And, you know, blue light late in the evening. I'm there like on my Instagram account at, you know, 10 30, 11 o'clock at night, like responding to comments. And <laughs> that affects my ability to get a good night's rest, which affects mm-hmm. my gut microbiome. Yeah. Working too hard, not spending time outdoors, not exercising far too sedentary, you know, television and video games and computers have really made those worse cars. All of those things have made things worse for us. Mm-hmm. So you think about the way that people lived a hundred years ago and the way that we live today. And in just a hundred years, it's radically changed. Yeah. And those changes are bad for our gut. Yeah. Okay. So now on the flip side, what can we do to help our gut microbiome? You always talk about diversity of plants, of course, eat the rainbow to find the pot of gold. I like that and ditching animal products or at least minimizing vastly. Um, So maybe you can go over the habits and lifestyle changes people can make to help support gut diversity. And while you're at it, talk about short chain fatty acids and making fiber sexy again. And uh, as you eat this fiber, you get these SCFAs, short chain fatty acids within your microbiome, which which is gold. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. This is, this is a story of empowerment. It is right. This is a story of empowerment because the important thing is that you are not a victim. Um, This is about education and understanding the the biology of how our body works and using that, that um, information to inform your dietary and lifestyle choices so that you create a diet and lifestyle that heals. And when you do that, when you have a diet and lifestyle that heals, health becomes effortless because you're just living your normal Tuesday life, going to the Home Depot, the Bed Bath and Beyond, or whatever you're gonna do, you're living your normal life, but because it's a life that is built around healthy habits, you are empowering your gut microbes and you are shifting the balance in your favor so that they're there to heal you. And you know, it comes back to this, it starts with the connection between fiber and these microbes. We alluded to this earlier, but let's take a little bit of a deeper dive. When you consume fiber from a diverse mix of plant foods, you are feeding as many of these different microbes as you can possibly feed. And they want to reward you. They want to thank you for feeding them because when they reward you, you feed them more. 
And so what happens is they consume the fiber and they transform it into things like butyrate, acetate, and propionate. These are the short chain fatty acids. And in nutrition, it's so funny to me because we spend all this time like perseverating and like, you know, living in fear of things like lectins and phytates and oxalates and like whatever it is that people conjure up as the next new like food demon. Yeah. The devil. Right. And it's like <laughs> so silly. Yeah. It's so silly because usually beans contain all these things and mm-hmm. the longest lived populations on the planet eat beans. Yeah. So it's kind of stupid, but we're wasting our time on that stuff when we should be talking about short chain fatty acids. Mm-hmm. They're the ultimate anti-inflammatory molecule, the ultimate. And anti-inflammatory is important because, hey, dog, I love your dog back there. <laughs> Zach, Zach wants out, obviously. <laughs> the, um, anti-inflammatory is critically important because we're living to an unprecedented age at this point. You know, the average life expectancy in the U.S. is about 80 years and um, similar in Canada. And so with that level of life expectancy, we want low levels of inflammation and anti-inflammatory diet and anti-inflammatory lifestyle is what will keep us strong and healthy as we age. And short chain fatty acids are the anti-inflammatory, the product of the anti-inflammatory diet, the anti-inflammatory lifestyle. They directly reduce inflammation through the immune system. But if you were to zoom in on the gut, they reverse dysbiosis. They heal the gut. They empower the good microbes. They suppress the bad ones. They actually patch up things like leaky gut, fix that. Yeah. They prevent colon cancer, the number two cause of cancer death in America. They prevent it. They optimize our immune system. They lower our cholesterol. They enhance our insulin sensitivity, reversing diabetes. They jump in the bloodstream. They spread throughout the entire body. They have effects on all the different organs they go to. They affect the heart. We think that they reverse coronary artery disease or at least reverse and slow the progression of atherosclerosis. They go to the brain. They actually repair the blood brain barrier. People that have um, brain fog, brain fog, some doctors don't acknowledge it. It's real. Brain fog is leaky brain. Just like people have leaky gut, you can get leaky brain. Short chain fatty acids fix that. They also cross the blood brain barrier, go into the brain and actually repair it directly, repairing neurons, actually preventing Alzheimer's disease. So what we have is the ultimate anti-inflammatory molecule something that is critically important to healthy aging and human health. And it is the product of when fiber meets microbes. So yes, Julia, to answer your question, and sorry, I'm, I, I kind of lost my mind and went crazy there. But <laughs> I love it. When, we, when we want a healthy gut, we feed the microbes, all right? We feed the microbes by eating a diversity of different plants in our diet. We avoid sabotaging our gut. The way that we avoid sabotaging it is by not consuming an excessive amount of alcohol, by not consuming red meat or other animal products, by avoiding saturated fat. By the way, that includes coconut oil. Coconut oil is extremely dense in saturated fat. So mm-hmm. we should be reasonable and, and try to minimize that. Um, that we, you know, when we choose antibiotics, we choose them because they're necessary and we take them for the minimal duration that we need to in order to achieve the effect that we're looking for. So, and then the last thing, so like optimize our diet, try not to sabotage your gut. And then the last thing is that there's all of these other lifestyle factors that can enhance the health of your gut 
that are not, it's not, has nothing to do with your food. It's not your, something where you need a fork. Instead, it's exercise and sleep and observing your circadian rhythm, which is your biorhythm, meaning that you eat meals at the appropriate time, potentially some fasting. Um, you know, having healthy relationships, spending time outdoors. These are important factors that can play a role in optimizing your gut health. And when you do that, then you are going to be as strong as you can possibly be. Mm-hmm. And cuddling dogs, <laughs> getting all that good bacteria. <laughs> exactly. Oh, I love it. It's all connected. And uh, so, so for people out there that are struggling, um, you know, they, they feel like they can't eat anything without some kind of pain and they're being told to get on the elimination diet, you know, eliminate certain food groups. Um, I love how you say train your gut like a muscle and move away from the elim- elimination and towards abundance, but it's all about bringing back that beastie boys reference <laughs> going low and slow. That is the tempo. So can you elaborate on that? too just just the the fear around around eliminating certain food groups is is yeah totally think of your gut like a muscle like you Mm -hmm. said think of your gut like a muscle it's the i can't get away from this analogy five years from now i'll probably still be using this analogy because it's the best yeah because it perfectly explains the way that your your gut works think of it like a muscle and so what that means is that if this is a muscle what happens if you stop walking right Mm -hmm. if you hurt your knee and you stop walking, what happens? Well, you won't feel pain in your knee, but you're going to grow weaker mm-hmm. and then you're going to gain weight and then you're going to be metabolically dysfunctional, have high blood pressure, high cholesterol, diabetes, and then you're going to have other medical issues, right? So when you hurt your knee, no one would ever stop walking. And instead, you rehab the knee. Mm-hmm. You build up the strength you get it back. But like, if you hurt your knee, you're not going to go and play basketball on it, right? Mm -hmm. That would be excessive and ridiculous. Instead, you start with the fundamentals and the basics and you ease your body into it as you rehab. The person with a damaged gut is like the person with a damaged knee. Mm -hmm. When you have a damaged gut, you shouldn't avoid the foods. We know that the number one predictor of a healthy gut is the diversity of plants in your diet. To avoid foods is to move in the opposite direction. And what ends up happening is your gut actually becomes weaker. So you think that you are helping. Mm -hmm. You may temporarily feel a little bit better because you're avoiding the food. But then what you find is that your food sensitivities get worse and worse and worse. And your diet gets narrow and narrow and narrow and narrow until there's nothing left. It just doesn't work. Mm -hmm. The solution is paradoxically the opposite. The solution is abundance. And it really just starts with understanding that you need to exercise your gut. So if you have a sensitivity, let's say to beans, if you eliminate beans entirely, you are going to get worse and worse and worse over time at processing beans because you're not eating them. Yeah. Right. Your gut is getting weaker. If you take the beans and you say, ah, you know, YOLO, I'm just going to like eat a bazillion beans. I'm going to do the five (laughs) bean chili. Bean party. Yeah, you do that, you are going to be miserable Mm -hmm. because that's way too much. And that's conceptually the same as going to the gym and trying to lift 300 pounds on the first day that you're in the gym. Whoa, you didn't train for that. What are you doing? You would never do that, right? 
So how do we do it? How do we, how do we rehab or how do we build strength when we're trying to, you know, um, work with muscle? Mm-hmm. You go, you choose the appropriate amount for you. You introduce Start really, that really small. Start super small, yeah. right? And you ease your body into it. And then when you come back next time, you'll be a little bit stronger. Mm-hmm. And so you, you can go up and do just a little bit more. Yeah. So maybe you start with two pounds and then next week it's three. Mm-hmm. And the week after that is five. And next thing you know, a year has passed and you're ripping off curls with 35 pounds when you started at two. Yeah. Right. But to get there is a process. And we understand that process when it comes to exercise mm-hmm. and we need to apply that same concept to the way that we rehab our gut. If you are sensitive to beans, you start super low and you introduce a little bit more over time until you get to the point where you have no restriction. You can eat as much, as many beans as you want and then have the five bean chili. You're good. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. I also love telling people to grab whatever at the grocery store that they've never tried and then bring it home, cook it up and introduce that new, uh, you know, the new prebiotics from that amazing plant into their life. Cause that's a really fun way to do it. And it's a great way to just make sure you're getting all that variety in. I love that. I love that. It's, you want to expand the tent. You want to have, you know, more uh, variety within your life. And then the other thing to do is like, I literally at every single meal, I'm just like, what can I do to kind of jazz this up a little bit? What can I do? So <laughs> yeah, sometimes it's fresh herbs, Yeah, yeah. you know, for some basil or some mint in there, spices. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it's like, I'm just going to throw a whole bunch. I'm going to open up the fridge and see what plants I got in there and we're going to go for it. Yeah. So like, you know, a smoothie bowl, for example, this morning, I did a smoothie bowl and I was like, you know what? Blueberries, raspberries, blackberries, walnuts, hemp seeds, boom, all going on top. Nice. Yeah. How many plant points did you have in your smoothie bowl? Uh, I would have to count, but I think it was probably like eight or nine. Nice. Perfect. Yeah. Winning already. It's so easy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I touched on just prebiotics there for a sec, but I think we could just get into that a little bit. The prebiotics versus probiotics versus postbiotics, which a lot of people probably haven't even heard of postbiotics. Um, yes. Yeah, so maybe get into that and let, let people know what, what all of that does to the microbiome. Yeah, so probiotics are what most people have heard of. Um, and they're all the rage, you know, you have people out there trying to convince you that the only solution to gut health is to take a probiotic. Um, and I'll explain to you why that's just stone cold wrong. Like that's just not, that's just not the truth. And more recently, I think we're starting to hear about prebiotics. Prebiotics are the food for these gut microbes. Fiber is the main prebiotic. All right, so this entire time we've been talking about fiber, that's what we want. We want more of that. But what really matters at the end of the day is not the fiber, it's not the prebiotics, it's not the probiotics. Instead, it again comes back to what happens when these two things come together, when prebiotics and probiotics mix. What you get is the ultimate, which are the postbiotics. And you guys are hearing it here first. Like all your friends may be talking about probiotics or prebiotics and you come to the party and be like, yes, but have you heard about postbiotics? Because that is the money. That is the money. You'll and, blow people's really, mind. <laughs> blow people's mind. And this is what really matters. Yeah. And so short chain fatty acids are an example 
of the postbiotics. And so again, it's not the, it's not the prebiotic, it's not the probiotic, but what it is is this formula, prebiotics plus probiotics equals postbiotics. Mm-hmm. And when you observe that formula, when you enhance the prebiotics, then you are going to ultimately get what you want, which are these postbiotics at the end. And, you know, let me come back to probiotics for a moment. We each have a unique gut microbiome. Julia, if I give you a probiotic, what's actually what I'm doing is I'm giving you a generic capsule with some formula of microbes. And you're going to take that and you're going to send it down and it's going to mix with your unique gut microbes. Mm-hmm. But there's no one on the planet with a gut microbiome exactly like you. It's, an, it's completely individual to you. Mm-hmm. And that probiotic is like we're just at best crossing our fingers and hoping that the mix, that's a generic mix, is going to work together with your gut microbes that are inherent and innate to you to produce some sort of health benefit. Mm-hmm. This is why they don't work many times. But the flip side is that what you do have is I know that living inside of you, you already have probiotics. They're already there. So why would I, why would I feel motivated to introduce outside probiotics that are not yours when I could just feed the ones that you already have mm-hmm. and make them diversify those. Exactly. So mm-hmm. build them up, build yeah. up your innate, unique microbiome. And the way that you do that is with the food choices that you make. Mm-hmm. And when successful, then you have this broad, diverse, getting back to this word, biodiverse microbiome that is hearty and resilient, and it's cranking out short-chain fatty acids left and right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So eat plants first with fiber, which are prebiotics, and diversify your gut that way. And if, say, someone has gone through an antibiotics round, what is your advice to that? Um, I know that you say don't take probiotics while you're on antibiotics, which is kind of a new idea, right? Um, but yeah. afterwards, continue to eat those plants, possibly take a probiotics to help strengthen during that time of uh, weakness, but don't just rely on probiotics for everything unless you're taking totally. them. Yeah. Probiotics, um, this is going to shock a lot of people, even potentially some doctors. But there was a study that was published two years ago in the journal Cell out of the Weizmann Institute, which is in Israel. And basically, the study showed convincingly that when you take a, an antibiotic and then you chase it with a probiotic, you actually slow the recovery of the microbiome after that antibiotic. You actually slow down the recovery process. So I don't treat my patients who are on antibiotics with probiotics anymore. I used to. I don't anymore. So now what I do instead is I follow the same rules that I do when I'm trying to heal a person's gut. And I just double and triple down on those same rules. So what that means is that, number one, feed the good guys. So a diverse plant-based diet is the ideal diet to feed the good guys. Number two, do not sabotage your gut. Now is not the time for saturated fat from animal products. Now is not the time for sugar or for processed foods or for um, alcohol. Okay, so don't sabotage your own recovery. And number three, take advantage of the opportunities that exist to strengthen your gut without even lifting a fork. Get a good night's rest. Do some exercise. 
spend some time outdoors, spend time with people that you love, do all those things. And when you do this, these rules that are designed to enhance and optimize your gut microbiome, they will work in your favor so that your recovery is very quick and gets you right back on track. Perfect. Love that. And again, just practical info from Dr. B. Make it easy. (laughs) There we go. And yeah, you are, you're really just simplifying a complicated topic and letting the world know about it. So thank you for everything that you're doing. Um, As a big picture thought, I, I think that we should leave everyone with this amazing idea and the science is backing this now that we are literally all one, you know, our microbiome is, that's the ecosystem within us, but we are a part of the ecosystem of the world and the earth. And it's really, really awesome to think that, you know, humans, plants, animals, all of us are all interconnected um, just like the microbiome is. And those little microbes within our microbiome are like us on the planet. It is all one big ecosystem. Mm -hmm. Totally agree. Yeah. Pretty cool. And you have so much more in your book that we could go over, but we're running out of time now and I could definitely talk for another couple hours with you. Um, but you, you have something called F goals and maybe on hooked on plants, we can do a little Dr. B's food recommendations and the acronym F goals that you use to remember that, but I'll leave people with that. So they have to get the book, um, and yeah, heal their gut and in turn heal themselves. Absolutely. Um, so thank you again for having me on such a privilege. I've been, it's kind of, I mean, honestly, um, it is uh, surreal in a way to come on the no meat athlete because I was listening to this podcast years ago as mm-hmm. I was making the transition myself towards a plant-based diet. So yeah. it's awesome. really cool. Cause I never thought that I would be like this person here being interviewed. I've always been the consumer. Um, and so yeah, we and, share. <laughs> Yeah, pretty cool. When I was transitioning so, too, it was one of my my one podcast I would always listen to. No me athlete. Is that right? So there we go. Yeah. Nice. It's Doug and Matt. <laughs> um so and for people who want to connect, you can definitely find me on Instagram at the Gut Health MD. You can find me on Facebook under the same name, the the, the Gut Health MD. You can come to my website, which is theplantfedgut.com. I have tons of free resources there. I got an email list that people love. I do breakdowns of studies when they come out, like whenever there's breaking news in the gut health space. Boom, I'll shoot off an email to you guys. Um, my book is called Fiberfield. It yeah, is it the is. plant-based gut health program. Um, so, you know, again, this is my passion project. And, um, and the other thing that I'm super excited about, Julia, is I recently launched a course. Yes, of course. And completely online, seven-week course with me. Um, there are parts that are videos. There's a workbook. There are live Q&As. Um, there's a private Facebook group. Basically, people are in there right now and they are loving it. I'm getting amazing feedback. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually beta tested the course twice in the past and had amazing results with those people too. So the bottom line is that I'm really excited about what this course is bringing to the table for people who are serious about reversing dysbiosis and enhancing their gut microbiome. Mm-hmm. Changing the world, Dr. B, the real Dr. G. <laughs> <laughs> And on Instagram too, people definitely have to follow you. You're always sharing such amazing shareable stuff and, um, and also testimonials from people taking the course right now and changing their lives. So definitely check them out on Instagram for sure. Thanks, Dr. B. That was great. Thank you. 